What up, what up? Welcome to episode 138 of Keep the Kayfabe. I'm Mike, sitting here with my boys, ready to talk some wrestling. All right, so we're in the thick of August. It's hot, hot, hot out there this summer. And uh, yeah, things are heating up uh, for the all-in at Wembley. The show is almost completely sold out. We saw some progress made uh, on how the show is shaping up on this past Dynamite. And we actually have boots on the ground because it took place in Columbus. So Gary was actually in attendance, and he will break down the vibe of the show. So can't wait for that. Uh, also, I think August is uh, a really, really special month for a, a number of reasons, but we're going to you know, go down a little memory lane and hit you with a little history and reminisce a little bit. But then Matt, the master of games on Keep the Kayfabe has a new one for us. It's called Name That Name. We kind of hinted at it at uh, past episodes, and lo and behold, he actually put it together. So I really can't wait to see what he's got. He's always so creative, and these are super fun. I love these games. Uh, and, yeah, so it should be good stuff. But let's introduce the fellas real quick. He's over in Glendale, and he's wearing a mask that – uh and he's doing the head tilt like uh, the Slipknot music videos with his beard coming out the bottom. But all that being said, he still keeps it regal. His name is Steve Grobschmidt. What up, Grabby? It's Thursday, and you know what that means. Keep the kayfabe brought to you by wherever you get your podcasts. Let's give the people what they want. Absolutely. I'm Excalibur, joined by... It doesn't matter. <laughs> he's been doing pretty good lately, you know? There was like a little skid there where I mean they would they put a lot on that guy. I mean oh my God. the way that yeah. they that they build these cards is like, well here's Taz and, and uh Ricky Starks blah, 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 in a in a no holds bar with Matt Hardy the blah, 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 like <laughs> he has to whip through <laughs> like, that in seconds, yeah. Yeah. Give the guy a give the guy a break, but yeah, he's been doing good. Yeah, and I think that's the first time we had an Excalibur intro. So, I mean, it's pretty. We got to give the guy some res, like big time respect. He is kind of high the quality voice announcer of yeah of AEW, and it's uh you know we we used to get down with uh Mar- Maro was his name in NXT Maro and Allo like yeah, Maro yeah yeah Living Legend yeah, yeah. yeah. so I mean he's kind of. You got to have that guy on those to make those minor secondary indie shows be something, right? Right. <laughs> Pissant company. Yep. All right. Cool. Well, good to see you, Steve. Let's cruise over to Bayview. He is a man that keeps it freshly squeezed. Matt Michelson. What up, Matt? And just like a Snapchat video, Byron, their chance at those titles is gone forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Excellent. I was planning something else, but the moment you mentioned more Ronaldo, I was like, oh, man, brings back good memories. Yeah. I mean, if we go back on Peacock or back to the glory days of when the network was awesome, Wednesday it was one hour, and I mean, oh, man. He, would, he, would, he would have like at least six legendary lines in there, and then he kind of got a little overzealous with the lines as the pay-per-views kind of went on, but when he was in his prime – Wow, was that good shit. So, so good. Hopefully we get him back in some capacity coming up here. But um, we shall see. But nice to see you tonight, Matt. Okay, he's joining us all the way in Ohio. The man with the golden pipes, Gary Williams. How are you, Gary? Jungle life. I'm far away from nowhere. On my own, like Tarzan boy. Hide and seek. I play alone while rushing across the forest. Monkey business business. on a Sunday afternoon. Now, I bring that song back because as much as I um, 
had the initial disdain for his heel turn being live in Columbus like I was last night for Dynamite. I'm here to confirm for you that I believe this was one of his smarter professional moves uh, turning oh, yeah. heel. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really glad to hear you say that because I've really been down on his heel turn. And I think last night watching it, I don't know specifically what it was. Something about his look and his demeanor. I feel like he's finally starting to get dialed into this heel turn. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Last night he, I got to tell you that, you know, I mean, in general, there was some really awesome crowd moments for me, Um, you know, and I, I had, I have not watched the show back obviously, but, uh, but yeah, he, uh, you're, you're dead on that. Like he, he really is starting to now hit a peak. Um, last night's match was really good. And, and to be honest with you, a lot of it had to do with Rob Van Dam to be perfectly Mm -hmm. frank. I mean, and I think this is just the beauty of some of what AEW is able to bring right now, which is the fact that, you know, they're able to have these veterans come in and actually not only perform, get the crowd riled up, but do the job in the right way. I mean, I think, you know, um, I just think it was brilliant. So for whatever it's worth, uh, our little homage to his old uh, theme song that I'm sure will return at some point because uh, Megabucks, uh, Tony Khan paid a lot of money for that goddamn song. So he's going to use it at some point again. But last night, awesome. So, so that's that was my motivation, my inspiration for tonight. Well, I know Tony's a listener, and I hope he doesn't slap us with a cease and desist since you uh, covered that song <laughs> in your intro. But, you know, I think you'll be loosen up. But no, I'm loving this heel turn. And I mean, I, I, talked about it in the past just like how long is this guy going to come out on the shoulders of a dinosaur like said that. it's not sustainable we need the heel turn we need him to go by jack perry not jungle boy jungle boy would be my favorite wrestler if i was in fourth grade mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. uh you know you would stick with them but th- making like the best wrestler for a for like a kid who idolizes them there's nothing that makes you sad and emits an emotion when your favorite wrestler a beautiful baby face turns heel and does it so good too so it's like you're breaking some hearts you're breaking some dreams but you're creating you're creating your sustainable audience because they're gonna stick with you they're gonna keep watching uh you gotta keep it interesting and he was due i mean he Mm -hmm. wasn't getting over as a baby face but uh, this match between rvd and him that was amazing. I was so I astonished uh, that RVD did as well as he did because, I mean, I think I follow that guy on Instagram. I know he, um, you know, rips the reefer quite often. Nothing wrong with that. And I know he just got married. I don't, know, I don't know if you saw the sign. If you, if you caught the sign, but it, <laughs> there was a sign. Um, it actually wasn't even that far from me. And it said RVD is going to smoke out. <laughs> oh, yeah. They lingered on that side for a while on TV. I was dying, dying, dude. Oh man, I was trying to text you, uh, like while we were in, while I was there, I was just having a little odd reception at home. But I'm like, Mike, you gotta see this sign. You're gonna love it. (laughs) It's so great. (laughs) Honestly, I love marijuana references. Like, I don't know, they just they they make me so happy and just comfortable. So. Yeah, good on that. He just got married too to quite a good-looking gal too. So you'd think the guy would want to like settle down and you know just enjoy his life, but no, he comes back and he's kind of looking like uh, Jean Claude Van Damme to be quite honest. Yeah. Doing that splits and blood sport, I didn't know he could do that. Oh I mean, yeah, I, I I get it. I, I didn't. I was pleasantly surprised because I think last week when I saw him come to the ring, I was a little bit like. Whoa. I don't know. You know, he looked a little wobbly at moments. He did look a little wobbly. Yeah, he did. Mm-hmm. But he was high but, as a kite. You, yeah. <laughs> and if he was, God bless him, because he he probably he was he he felt no pain last night. I can tell you that much. But pops of the night last night. Um, I guess I'd be curious what your thoughts were on what what you thought were the biggest pops of the night. But there was a theme, and it had nothing to do with anyone that wasn't that it just had a, an odd theme to it uh some of the pops but 
who did you, when you were watching last night, what were some of the reactions you had? I mean, to me, it seemed like everyone who got a huge pop was somebody who was famous 20 years ago. 100%. I mean, like the place was going bananas for Jericho when he came out. In fact, um, I don't know if, I don't know. it, It was a split. It was literally a split house in terms of whether they were booing all the Appreciation Society members or they were booing Jericho. It was definitely a split house, um, you know, and as much as they try. And he came back out again um, when they did the Rampage taping and the place went bonkers. And he he was, he was actually, just out before. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty he, great. he was actually like more into that moment because it was off camera it was yeah. kind of like a house show moment it was in between the tapings and he was you know he was like riling him up like he was on the rock stage it was it was really cool and and yes um the next one was the hardy boys that the roof came off the place like it was it was bonkers like i was like holy cow they got a way better reaction than even um the um the young bucks that's that's usually the case i feel in the midwest any nostalgic wrestling act usually gets a huge reaction and you know i kind of wish it wasn't that way but then when you go in person i mean you can't help yourself it just oh yeah it takes yeah it it really is cool because i think aew for whatever it's worth is what one of the things they're really getting right right now is that is that unmistakable mixture of veterans and it's almost this you know i saw i don't know if you guys caught this but they did a after collision last week um they did this they brought dennis condry from the midnight express into the ring and ftr ftr and um cm punk so they were um you know how like at a dynamite taping then they do the the quick change of the rain to get it ready for uh rampage. And I believe now at collision, what they're doing is they're doing a quick change to get it back to ROH so they can tape some matches. And they were, you could see the guys were switching the ring around and they brought Dennis Condry into the ring and it was phenomenal. And, and of course, what is Dennis Condry who he has got, you know, he's, he's, he has a voice box now and, and, but but still looked like physically in fairly good shape. I mean, when he got to the ring and he basically was like, you guys can you, there is no no longer going to be an argument. He said, you guys, FTR, are the greatest tag team of all time. And that's wow. I mean, but it's it's such you know, it's such a departure from the way the WWF has used their, you know old school return legends, yeah. legends kind of angle where those guys are still trying to get their own pop. I think they're still trying to get seen and they're still trying to get over uh, from an entertainment perspective, but everything I'm you're seeing out of AEW, these veterans are, you know, are doing a phenomenal job of really bring, I mean, there were multiple matches last night. One was on ROH between Christopher Daniels, Matt Seidel against um, with Prince Nana and the embassy guys, you could clearly see like what a great match for those younger guys. I mean, I, I think the embassy is, is a, um, what I would say they're unsung right now. Like, I don't think people really realize the depth of that faction even. And those, those, the tag team that they have, the six man that they're able to put together. And so, but to have Matt Seidel and Christopher Daniels in there, those guys had to be like, this is awesome. Like I get to work with these guys. It was a really good psychological match. And, you know, just, again, just, you know, just, you just watch these things. And, you know, I was with my neighbor who didn't know that much about wrestling, but he, I was telling him like, you know, Hey, these guys are, are like leaders in the back. They almost are like agents and they're, and now they're working with them in the ring and putting on this awesome match for ROH. And I just, they're just getting it right in that category. They really are. Solid. So rampage, uh, we know that the, uh, headliner was a little lackluster and that's been one of our biggest critiques, right? Uh, yeah. When we see it, so sad. What did you? What was it? It was. It ends up being. 
Well, here's what I, one thing I will say. So Tony Khan, I don't know if you guys have been kind of like, you know, paying attention to this, this much, but almost every AEW Dynamite show I've gone to, uh, Rampage has been just a shit show. Like it, it's like your main event was Roosh against Christopher Daniels, like something right. nobody stays. They basically bolt. Last night, Tony Khan made a point to come out and say, don't leave your seats because Rampage is going to have some of our top stars. And sure as hell he did. It was Darby Allen against um, Brian Cage and it was Orange Cassidy against uh oh shoot i'm drawing a blank right now um uh oh gosh i'll i'll i'm having an old senior moment right now uh but orange cassidy was wrestling um the international title and then the um uh you know the 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 um they got they had called out um the aussie aussie open and um, they got called out by MJF and um, Adam Cole on Dynamite, so those guys wrestled. And then, sadly, the main event was um, was well, it's not sadly. It could have been a good match, Soraya against uh, Sky Blue, but it it was same. It was as SOS, <laughs> same mm-hmm. stuff, different day. You know, SSDD, like it was. Sp- Right to the eyes with the thing. I just was like, oh, come on. Like, I yeah, just spoiler alert. So frustrating. It's so frustrating. And whether it's a spoiler alert or not, it just sucks because it just is. It's, it's now I'll give them credit. On one hand, both shows, the main event was a women's match. Give them a little props, check mark. But in terms of booking, I think now the Anna J. Um, Hikaru Shida match. I thought it was pretty solid. I mean, yeah, except I for the fact that I was a little disappointed that Anna Jay didn't lose her top, but she kept, she, she definitely was, not, she was not in good shape. I don't know if you guys caught it on camera, but she was pulling on that thing like a son of a gun. Oh yeah. Damn. But, uh, but that ended, Steve's girl. ended decently and it had a pretty good finish. I, I know that it didn't look like it ended right. Um, but it was at least a decent match. It was, it was good, but, um, but the sky blue thing, it just, I don't care how good of a match they had it. The ending just sucks. It it sucks every time. And Steve, you've, I go you, on a rant every week about it. Yeah. It's oh, Johnny, Johnny TV, Johnny TV against orange Cassidy. Um, that was awesome. That was a really, really good match and would encourage in the Brian cage Derby. I know that's not the first time they've wrestled, but last night's match was really good. Or, you know, the match I saw that was going to be on rampage. So two really good matches and the whole, the crowd stayed like nobody left. And mm. that was the first time I've seen a, like a solid rampage crowd. In fact, most times when you watch rampage, they hardly pan out. I could tell the camera was panning out a ton this time because the place was still packed and, and it was, awesome. even, yeah. So it was pretty cool. That's really good to hear. I, and I know that I, on our group text, I've made a point to call out the fact that, it was the second week in a row on Dynamite where the women main evented the show mm-hmm. and their main eventing Rampage. Now, yes, AEW, I don't know if it's Tony Khan, but somebody is making an effort to address the lack of appearances, I'll say, in the women's division. Mm-hmm. And that's great. And Gary, I completely agree with you. Like, yes, they're making an effort. At the same time, it's got to be booked better. I mean, you can't yeah. just throw the women into the main event like out of the blue in like a cold main event. Right. So if they're going to do this, my only ask would be, you know, book more than one women's match on a single show, put a storyline behind some of these women's matches and then put them in the main event. And then the fans have a reason to invest emotionally. And if the match isn't perfect, like we saw Hikaru Shida versus Anna Jay wasn't a perfect match. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't perfect. I think with a little bit more storyline behind it um, and credit to them and Jay opened the show with the JAS. So there was a little bit of something mm-hmm. there before they go into the match. But at the same time, like, you know, why are these women wrestling each other? I mean, yes, for the title, for sure. Mm-hmm. But why should we care as an audience? Um, I think if they get that piece right, everything else will fall into place, but it is good to see that something's happening and there is some effort being made. Yeah. Well, Oh, let's go ahead, Steve. 
Well, I was just, you know, like the, you know, they're going to have this mini tournament for the fatal four way for the women for uh, all in. <laughs> and unless they have a swerve planned, like Jamie Hayter is going to show up or something. It is the most uninspired tournament I think I've ever seen. It's like the freaking bunny who hasn't wrestled in forever and like loses all the time is suddenly going to be a finalist for the title. It's like, unless they're really got something surprise plant, every single one of those matches is completely predictable. So it's like, but, what, what are we doing here? But, but I would say this though, Steve, I mean, and I did, I, I, I'm not, not disagreeing with you, but the bunny is a much better performer than half of the people that you see on there. So is Penelope Ford. So is Anna Jay. Like, and I think they are good. Yeah. I think one of the things that has hit that division is that, but they've gotten injured. Like those, those women have not been able to perform, not because they haven't been on just, they not because they haven't been booked, but because they've been injured and it's kind of gone through that division. Like you have yeah. Thunder Rosa kind of was on, was on a move and now she's out. And so I do True. think if they can get some of those, you know, the bunny Penelope Ford and a J if they can get them in a rhythm again, get Thunder Rosa back going again, you know, like, I mean, I, I think Willow Nightingale is very solid, like, and super over. And so, um, you know, the irony, Steve, and, and you, and you, I know you've struggled with that, that, really weak ending the here's the difference the irony is there was two people on the outside of the ring again in the main event of dynamite but they didn't draw attention to themselves and it's cool hand luke and you know those guys you know and and mike those guys are like magnets to attention you didn't i did not get a sense throughout that match they were in they were in any way super over inserting themselves like yeah. like the outcasts do and they ended up screwing up the end which to me is way better than what we're seeing with this outcast crap mm-hmm. and i think the biggest thing that takes me i've said this a million times but like it's not even just that every week they do the same damn thing but it's like one it insults the intel i mean we all know wrestling's like scripted but it's like how stupid these faces are that every week they put themselves through a one on three. And the other thing that irritates the shit on me is that was Britt Baker's entire title run was two on mm-hmm. three, three on one. Mm-hmm. So it's like the same damn story. And that's, Pretty that's much. what irritates me more than anything. It's like, this is all you can come up with for your women, mm. but yeah, hopefully, you know, they're going to start reinforcing here, you know, like maybe there's some big surprise and maybe Sasha's coming God knows that would be a huge kick in the butt. Um, it would be awesome. Jamie Hader, if she could come back, certainly for Wembley, my God, that would be worth the price of admission. So yeah. I don't know. They got the tool. They got the division. They got the talent. I just wish they'd come up with something clever. One one last um, one <laughs> last uh, thing about last night uh, that I wanted to just bring up. And unfortunately, Mike, man, you probably don't appreciate this as much uh, being a different generation than Steve and I. But um, so when the card starts uh, started, they were doing ROH tapings at the beginning. Uh, And so, and uh, Justin Roberts was pretty funny interacting with the crowd, you know, reading signs like he always says, but he, every referee that came out, he would say to them, Hey, do you know what it is? It's, it's, uh, you know, it's Rick Knox appreciation night. Well, so Rick Knox was the first official for ROH and he did three matches in a row and he was just going bonkers and the crowd was jacked and they were screaming, Rick Knox, Rick Knox. I love but it. Steve, you, do you remember when we covered uh, whether it was the, when we covered that episode about the, the, the magic of the referees yeah. and the, in the old, uh, you know, uh, pat down the ways, get the boots. Mm-hmm. So Rick Knox did it twice because, um, and so Mike, man, I don't know if you're aware, but that was, so back in the day, referees weren't as in tune and there was maybe one or two referees for the whole night. So they would do the pat down because in the early days of wrestling, the heel would come from one locker room. The baby face would come from another locker room the referee would check them for foreign objects, patting them down and basically would hear the finish 
or hear mm-hmm. the spots from the guys because they weren't, it wasn't like it was today where it's all Back hooked there. up with. So Rick Knox was out there three times in a row and between the second and the third match, both of those, he did the old pat down of the, uh, of whoever was in, whoever was in the ring. Uh, and he was clearly getting the finish from them, which was really awesome. It was hilarious. That's old school. It was a great old school moment. And I was, I was chuckling to myself because I'm thinking, oh my gosh, like it's still gold. It's still golden today. The old, you know, the old little tricks that they, that they, they had to do back in the day, but for whatever reason, he was refereeing three in a row on, on ROH. So I thought it was really, really cool that, uh, you'd appreciate that, but, but in another good way, awesome crowd interaction, you know, it was cool to have the referees, you know, in, in, in subtle ways get acknowledged. He also does stuff with Bob, the ring builder and a couple other guys that are always just great. And it was, it was just a fun night, a really good night of wrestling and enjoy. So highly encourage all of our fans. AEW is a great, even for a taping, which typically can be super exhausting. It's a great night of entertainment. Awesome. Well, glad you jumped on that opportunity. How far away do you live from that arena, Gary? So I am 45 minutes from Columbus to Columbus. I'm 25 to the Nutter Center or Dayton, and I'm about an hour and a half from Cincinnati. So they're in Cincinnati next week, but an hour and a half is a little long for this uh, old fart. So on a Wednesday night, so I might not make that one, but, but boy, I got, I got floor seats for 25 bucks. I mean, you can't beat it. You, you guys, no. are, you know, fans, you got to really, those of us listening, those of you listening, like don't be ever be afraid the night of the day of a show. Like, you'd be surprised some great seats you can get. I was 17th row, which as you guys know, that's a hard angle to be at because you're really not close enough to, but regardless of it, I was still on the floor. We were only three rows from where, where Moxley was coming in and out and, those guys so it was a blast oh yes and the fu yuda chants were in fuego like multiple times Mm. the crowd does not like that dude so i'm sure all of you will appreciate that Mm -hmm. um he was on both um uh the dynamite taping and then comes back for the rampage taping and he does some little shtick with when orange cassie was facing johnny tv um and uh yeah he was getting just people were like you suck like (laughs) It was great. All right. Nice. Well, sounded like a really, really fun evening. And August has been really fun because two uh, beauties on this uh, podcast had their birthdays. One being me. Happy birthday. Oh, God. Dear Stephen Ma. Happy birthday to you i was gonna tell our listeners to mute for the next 10 seconds but it's a little late now yeah Yeah. you're just gonna have to endure that we'll keep it in we'll see all right (laughs) we'll keep it in nice um but there's been some fun things happening in the month of august throughout the decades of wrestling right gary don't you have like some quick little hits for us to break down because it's kind of like yeah not a lot, you know, baseball is kind of doing its thing. Football's not quite there yet. There's just not a lot going on. So kind of wrestling kind of steps up in a big way. I do. And um, and I will put on my professorial uh, hat for you and provide you a little insight into some of the greatest hits of the month of August in professional wrestling that was centered mainly around the decades of which um you were born and or you know um you know and so I, what i think is important to note is august is a really special month not only because it's your birthdays and that we do love both of you and we cherish you uh, but there were some really cool things that actually occur in the month of august throughout history um i'll go oh, i will only go as far back as 1980 so sorry steve i don't think anyone wants to know a little anything more any of our generation into the 70s yes. but in 1980 too old <laughs> Steve, in 1980, if you recall from our episode of the 1980 uh, show that we did, huge show in Shea Stadium in August of 1980 when Bruno San Martino faced his uh, his um, protege, Larry Zabisco, in the cage match. 
in the showdown in Shea, which was a huge deal. And part of the reason huge why crowd. part of the reason why they were in Shea Stadium was because uh, the Democratic National Convention was being held in New York. So they couldn't run their normal MSG show. So they went to Shea Stadium. Huge crowd. It also was the first time where uh, the real first major um, collision between Andre and Hogan occurred um, on that show. Um, in uh, 1983, the birth of WWE wrestling on the USA Network, when they moved All American Wrestling to be a, a regular on the USA Network. So since 1983, in August of 83, wrestling has been on the USA Network sponsored by the WWF. Now, riddle me wow. this, which association had wrestling on the USA Network prior, but were kicked off because they were too bloody? That's okay. You don't have to know. Got to be Memphis. No, it was. Oh. Yeah, that would have been a great guess. It was Southwest Championship Wrestling, run by Tully Blanchard's father. Um, and they had they bladed too much, got kicked out. Nineteen ninety four in August, the birth of this association. August of what year? Nineteen ninety four. ECW. ECW. EC dub and oh, yeah. the other most the other great thing about the that's month of August, that's good booking. That's great booking. <laughs> the other awesome thing about the month of August is that's good booking. Good booking on SummerSlam, <laughs> and so the very first SummerSlam was in 19, great 1988. <laughs> it was at Madison Square Garden. Talk about good booking! It was the Mega Powers and the Mega Bucks. Yeah, which we and just talked about. We all know about all of the great um, SummerSlam matches. So awesome month to uh, reminisce about, not only for the two of you. Happy birthday to you. That's enough. Great wrestling in history in the month of August. And this class session of history of professional wrestling is ended. Nice. Well, cool. I like that. I like uh, running through. Um, because there's got to be something substantial over the course. I mean, that's kind of crazy that wrestling was on USA Network prior to 1983, and that was a fun piece of information. But really, the WWF, WWE has been on for 40 years, eh? Mm -hmm. Because they had prime time and some of those shows that, yeah, we, well, at least us older folks grew up with. And, um, yes, how about that? Yeah. Started as, started as, uh, Sunday morning episodic television, really. And then it morphed into Tuesday night Titans Titans. and primetime wrestling. And then I love eventually, yeah, primetime was the best. It was Bobby Heenan and Gorilla. Gorilla Monsoon. Great stuff. Great stuff. I mean, they probably really boosted cable. Like people wanting to get cable, word of mouth had to been because I didn't have cable growing up. I missed out on so much cool stuff, but I don't know. I make up for it now, I feel like, because I just love TV. But I didn't have cable. But I thought, you know, when you do have it, there's just value there. And that would have been such a cool time to just everybody's watching the same thing. You had to see it at the time that it was on to talk about Mm -hmm. it, to know, put more of a value on it, more urgency to Mm -hmm. it. So, yeah, fun stuff. I hate I hate to go in the Wayback Machine, but Steve, you remember when you have to hit the dials on the VCR to get it to to turn on, right? And oh my god, you yes. literally we you'd have to like there would be these dials, you'd have to try to program it, and if it happened to run over, you were screwed because that thing yeah. was happening. and there was there was no chance of going back. Shit, I do remember that. And the you only other little... thing I'd say about about that is. God rest his soul, Steve, our best friend, John. Um, we used to take that butter knife in the back of the cable box. And oh, it was SummerSlam. It was always yeah, SummerSlam. scrambled pay-per-views. I don't know how the hell that worked. but I don't was, know how it worked. Yeah, either. just pay-per-views, right? It was just Well, pay-per-views. there might have been some non-wrestling pay-per-views that I watched. <laughs> it was just pay-per-views. Emmanuel 6 and some of those other movies. Of, you know. <laughs> oh, man. Tale of the horse. Oh, you stop. <laughs> oh, you stop. Nice. <laughs> anyway, that's cool. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Good stuff. Thanks, Gary, for that nice bit of information. Let's keep the fun times rolling. 
I can't wait to get to this game. It's called Name That Name. And, uh, man, I'll let you explain it. I think I got a good idea about it, but I'd love to hear your take on how this developed. Well, thanks, Mike. And thanks, Gary, for that awesome trip down memory lane in the world of wrestling. So this game, uh, it's fun because in the past, I feel like we focused a lot on wrestling and factual events from the history of wrestling. For this game, we're going to focus on the misinformation in the history of wrestling, because as many of our longtime listeners... <laughs> oh, we're going to talk about Dave Meltzer the whole time? Well, <laughs> I, I can't confirm or Better. deny that, but Better. I will say that for our longtime listeners especially, you all well know that Mike has, well, let's just say a dodgy history with naming wrestlers or anyone for that matter, and Mike himself admits this. Which it's all alleged. It's all alleged. It's 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 alleged, but we'll see how alleged it is throughout the course of this game. So this game, as you've already heard, is called Name That Name. The game is pretty straightforward. It's 10 questions. Each one is multiple choice. There's four answers available. Everybody will have to wait until I read all four answers before you have the opportunity to respond. If you know the answer to the question, after hearing all four answers, all you have to do is say your name. That's sort of like your buzzer because... For our listeners, if you can't tell, we are recording this on Zoom, and there's occasionally a little bit of a lag. So all I ask is, you guys, if you know the answer, just say your name. I'll call on whoever the first person is that I hear. You give your answer. If you're incorrect, I'll go on to the next person, and we'll keep going till somebody gets it right. Whoever has the most questions correct at the end, and again, there's 10 questions, that'll be our winner. The prize, well, that's yet to be determined or announced so all right that being said does anyone have any questions before we gotta wait you gotta wait until all four have been said correct all four questions excuse me all four answers must be read before you then you can chime in okay i'm ready and i will win win. all right (laughs) listeners gary steve mike this is name that name question one On volume two of High Spots, Mike caught himself after mistakenly calling Steve what? Is it Steve Grubschmidt, Steve Grubshit, Steve Garfunkel, or Stevie G Pimp Daddy? Gary. Gary, yes. Your your answer? Steve Grubshit. Steve Grubshit (laughs) is correct. One point to Gary. And, and hey, I am really sorry about that. I immediately heard my lots of times when I talk, I really don't even hear myself. Obviously, so um, you're in good company because my boss called me that like a couple weeks ago in a in a management Fuck. meeting. I've so, been calling you that since kindergarten. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I was about to say like you've. It's not like it's probably the first time that you've heard it, no, but I'm just I mean, sorry to have contributed. Thera- it therapy has helped me get through it, but it's okay. <laughs> I wish I wish the listeners could have been with me on the run that I was on with my dog when that happened because I almost fell over into the into the street laughing so hard. Oh yeah. On the episode where Mike said that, um, I was in New York City. I think we talked about this on a past episode, but my wife Becky and I were in New York on vacation and we're in the hotel room late at night and I went, Oh, the new episode got posted. I wasn't on the episode, obviously, so I gave it a quick listen to the first five minutes, and I heard that, and I'm like, I need to stop it here because it's not going to get any better than this. It was good. It was a fun episode. Those high spots episodes are really fun because you, you, you never know what you're going to get. You don't. That's true. You got to be in mint condition for them, but yes, they are phenomenal. Yep. All right. Can't wait to do more episodes. Absolutely. All right, moving on. Question number two. On episode 135 of Keep the Kayfabe, Mike compares former New Japan wrestler Kota Ibushi to a famous hot dog eating champion. What is that champion's last name? Is it Tanahashi, Kobayashi, Kushida, or Takeshita? Gary. Mike. Oh, I heard Gary. Gary, go ahead. Damn it, Gary. I believe it's Kobayashi. Kobayashi is also the correct answer. Damn yes. it. That's two in a row for Gary. Wow. Come on, Mike. Mike, we got to put this man away. Yeah, we got to be more aggressive. I just don't want to ring in because it's, you know, it's centered around me. I'm being, you know, I'm being a no, gentleman. That needs to stop now. Gary needs to be stopped. 
Yeah, you need to be more aggressive like Kobayashi going after a big bag of crystals, as they call the hot dogs in the competition. Yeah, or a crowbar to Nancy Kerrigan's knee. Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Ouch. I love that movie, I, Tanya. Have you guys ever seen I, Tanya? I have. Great movie. It's fucking awesome. That was a really good one, though. You're right. I saw it in theaters like twice. No way. It was great. Wow. Yeah. Big Tanya Harding guy over here. <laughs> Shout out to Tanya Harding, friend of the channel. Thanks for listening. I think we should get her on. I think we should try to reach out to her and get her on. I think, she, I think she'd probably come on. I think so. We'll see. I hope so. All right. Moving that Tanya on. Harrington, she's great. Tanya Harrington. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be on Name That Name Volume 2. All right. Yeah. But yeah. moving on with Name That Name Volume 1. Question okay. 3. To date... Which Japanese AEW wrestler's name has Mike never pronounced correctly? <laughs> Is it Tajiri, Akamichinoku, Kanosuke Takeshita, or Tetsuya Naito? Steve. C. C is Kanosuke Takeshita. And Steve, you are correct. It is Kanosuke Takeshita. That one I never, never said right. (laughs) You guys text behind my back about that at all? No. No, Dude, I try. All right, good. Because (laughs) it's great that you try. (laughs) Dude, I hate it. (laughs) I don't think think you've done well on on Takamichi no either, but that's okay. Holy shit. I'm so bad with the New Japan guys. It's so brutal. But that's a great question, Matt. It's so funny. So a little bit of inside baseball for our listeners and for you guys, too, because you brought it up. I I was talking with my wife, Becky, about this game about a half hour before we went on the air. And I was explaining the concept of the game. And she's like, wait, so the whole point of this game is to rip on Mike? No. No. I, I had to clarify, no, this is all in good faith and just Absolutely. it's endearing oh dude it's an honor I no mean, it's an honor the fact that you got 10 questions i mean i'm sure <laughs> if you like went way into the vault i mean you could probably have like a freaking uh sat <laughs> oh yeah but there, there's plenty more to come i we can definitely have volumes two through eight coming soon <laughs> <laughs> oh this is so funny dude we'll i love that this. last question the funny thing is when you said uh like what name has he never ever pronounced like ever in the history of the show like I was I was going through like a lot of them but even if I tried to ring in and name the name I couldn't even name it. You know what I mean? So <laughs> well, would, that's amazing. My hands are tied. I'm really glad to hear you admit it. I really think you're going to like one of the upcoming questions knowing that um You'll know it when we get to it, but, but let's move on because there's more to come and then it only gets better. So, all right. Question four. Uh, but before we move on, sorry, I just want to real quickly recap. So Gary, you are currently in the lead with two points. Steve, you have one point, Mike, you are still waiting to get your first question. Correct. But there's always the next one. So question, the question, the first question, correct about himself. That's correct. Yes. All right. right. Question four. Get it. During the feud between Randy Macho Man Savage and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, Gorilla Monsoon references a crushed body part, only it's not a real body part. What did Gorilla Monsoon call it? Is it larynx, larynx, coccyx, or thorax? Gary. Gary, go ahead. I believe it's B. B was larynx, and larynx is incorrect steve steve go ahead a a was lair inks larynx (laughs) is not the right way to say it but it is correct okay (laughs) i knew it was one of the two along yeah that was a whole conversation i think we had a few episodes back actually yeah Uh all right so gary and steve you two are now tied with two points (laughs) Question five on episode number two of high spots, Mike and Steve agree that this happened in what year? 
And I'm realizing now as I read this, this question has absolutely no like substance to it. Like, what did I even write here? <laughs> okay. So we're hey. going to move on to question six. No, game oh. on. Game, game okay. on. Is there an answer? There is. Do you an have answer. an answer? Okay. And then Marco, game the on. answer is correct. Okay. Uh, oh, you know what? I know what this question is. All right. Okay. So I'm going to, I don't have it written here, but I know the question. So I'm going to go ahead and ask it again. Sorry about that. Question five. On episode two of High Spots, Mike and Steve talk about Mick Foley and The Undertaker's Hell in a Cell match. Mike feels that that match occurred in what year? <laughs> Is it 1998, 2000, 2002, or 2004? And remember, this is the year Mike thought the match took place, not the year it actually happened. Steve. Steve, go ahead. Is it D? D. The answer D was 2004. So that would mean Mike thought that this Hell in a Cell match took place in 2004. And you would be right. Mike thought the match took place in 2004. The match actually occurred in 1998 in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Which, you, you know, that's your, that's when you, that's your home away from hey. home. Hey, you know what? This is how my mind actually works. I, I think of numbers like divisible or maybe that's the wrong word even, but you know, like, two th- like <laughs> future question, 2004, future question. 1998. Yeah, there you go. That's you know, future question. the math. Yeah. Four plus four is eight. I should have yeah. subtracted. I don't know, man. Eight years apart, 1998. Oh, I'm like fucking d- Russell Crowe. Shout out our friend, Russell Crowe in the beautiful mind. My yeah. brain, Mike, my, my, my brain can't handle me. That's the thing. No, but it's, it's, I, a, it's hey, a beautiful mind though. I, I edit the show and I'm just like, fuck, like I could totally take this out and like cover that stupid thing up, but it wouldn't have created a question on name that name like that. Cause I saw that. I was like, what the hell did I just say? <laughs> and, uh, I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm fucking transparent. We keep it real here on keep the kayfabe. So that's my character. Yep. So, you know, for real. For this week, every week I post a little video for my author uh, page, and this week I like I just did not want to record it again. I kind of wanted to do it on one take, and then I realized at some point I inexplicably like pick my ear, and I'm like, I can't fucking have that on there, but I don't want to record this or edit it. So that's why I put photos in at certain points, like over while I'm talking, so that can cover me picking my ear at one point. <laughs> smart, yeah, smart move. Uh, the trying times of recording yeah. video media for the internet. Um, exactly. Well, so just to recap the game now. So Steve, you were correct on that last question. You now have three points. Gary, you have two points. Mm. Mike, you'll get there. Question <laughs> hey, six. I'm having a great time over here. I yeah. am too. So, so the last question was on episode two of High Spots. <laughs> complete. So question six, complete this sentence from that same episode. Those guys thought they were too cool for blank. Is it A, spool, <laughs> B, stool, yeah. C, school, or D, cool? Mike. Mike, go ahead. It's B, stool. Stool. God damn it. Those guys <laughs> thought they were too cool for stool. Is correct. It is, <laughs> dude. Hey, man. Oh my god, that's so good. I, I will. I will even. I could tell you what's going through my mind when I'm when I'm talking about this stuff. I don't know, man. I might have been looking over to my left and I saw a stool on TV or something. I don't know, but too cool for stool is actually kind of a legendary line. Put it on a bumper sticker or a shirt. Mm-hmm. That could be our new uh, in the merch shop. Too yeah, cool so. for stool. Yes. Yes. All right. A picture of you wearing a keep the kayfabe shirt. Yeah. Um, Let's go. All right. Print it. Well, Mike, you're finally on the board with one point. Steve, you still are holding strong at three. Gary, you have two points. All right. Question seven. According to Mike, in what city (laughs) did the mega powers break up? Is it a Madison B (laughs) Wisconsin (laughs) C, 
America, or D, Milwaukee? Gary. Mike. Sorry, I heard Gary first. Gary, go ahead. What? No, I totally did. I believe he said that they broke up in Wisconsin. Yeah. (laughs) Did the mega powers break up in Wisconsin? The city of Wisconsin? They did not. But according to Mike, they did. That is That's correct. <laughs> and man, you know what, Steve? Put that put that video up of you picking your ear and just see how hard you get roasted on the internet because it's not going to be as hot as what I'm feeling here tonight. <laughs> it's not because like half the time I post those things, I get like three people looking at them. So no, it's um. <laughs> I'm just trying to put you it's over. Not, well, this is not, how no, you do it's it. Not, it's not keep the kayfabe is what I'm saying. Keep the kayfabe. I mean, there's thousands of people that are going to be listening to this right now and laughing. Oh, God. Yeah. Thousands. God, I left that one in, too. You I could have taken it out. <laughs> I, I could take all everything out. I no. should just. Yeah. It adds to the legend. It I does. So. All right. Well, well, Gary, you were correct on that one. So. Sorry, could you guys refresh my memory? So, Gary, are you in the lead now with four, or are you and Steve tied at three? It's three, three, one right now. Got it. Excellent. Thank you so much. All right. Question eight. During our first interview at Crusher Fest, so this was about two years ago, we all heard Mike call our guests. What? Was it Greg Gagne and Jim Brunzel? B. Greg Gagne and Jim Brunzel, C, the Killer Fleas, or D, the Plan Bs? Gary. Ooh, that was a perfect tie between Steve and Gary. Man, you know what? Since Steve is not in the lead, I'm going to let Steve take the first guess at this. Steve, go ahead. One. A. Steve, you believe that Mike called our guests Greg Gagne and Jim Brunzel. I don't just believe it. I re- I'll never forget it. Yes. Neither, <laughs> well, neither can I, because I was listening to that episode and it was dry. And this was of course, before I really knew you guys and it was driving me up a wall. And I said to Steve, how in God's name can you be interviewing two legends and not know how to say their damn names? <laughs> Dude, hey, it's our most played episode of K- yeah. Keep the K Fame history yeah. too. Those so. guys, we made a I'm more like famous. listening to this, and I'm like, how, how hard is this to not, of all things, not to know that guy's name? <laughs> hey, I was working a full day at Holy Hill. I, yeah, I drove like that's true, eighty miles an hour. You were running on empty, like like Jackson or Sawyer Brown. I just said their name wrong. Well, Jackson Brown. <laughs> Dude, I, uh, I don't know. You know, my, my brain was in a blender that day, to be quite honest with you. It's, I mean, it's our first Crusher Fest. I, I might have got distracted a little bit. We were in the uh, city of Wisconsin. I mean, it was, it was a, big, uh-huh. it's a big day. Fuck. Yeah, I'm going to put Mike over here because, yeah, you arrived like, what, Dude, 10 minutes before we hit the record button and yeah. just dove right in. So, yeah, yeah hats off to that. Um, so, Steve, you were correct. Um, Gary, do you want to remind me yet again what the score is now? Now that Steve scored this This point, this is horseshit right now. Um, I I am officially filing a protest on that question. Four, three, one in favor of Steve. Four, three, one. Well, it's still anybody's game at this point, although it's pretty pretty tight race between Steve and Gary. Well, Mike still has a chance. Mike's the star, though. There might be some curveballs here. We'll see. Oh, oh, but. That brings us to question nine. Fill in the blank with the most common name Mike uses here. Blank the Hammer Valentine. Steve, wait, is this an actual fill out? Yes. Oh. George. George the Hammer Valentine is correct. (laughs) Steve, you know, I stopped myself. I stopped myself a few times when you were doing the like from saying it earlier in this episode. I'm like, that could actually be a question. I can't spoil it. So, yeah, I apologize. I I should have clarified that one was not multiple choice. I I was at the point. I was manifesting it way early on. 
of this yeah. podcast. Which Little did we know that funny. we would yeah, we would ahead. actually interview the guy. We were saying he was a friend of the podcast when he wasn't. And his name was George, which he wasn't. But if you stick with the plan, you follow through with what you set out to do, one day you will actually interview the guy that you fucked up his name and grew up loving and you continue to fuck it up every single time. I mean, talk about a story right there, guys. That writes itself. Mick Mick Jagger is going to be at all in, I swear. I believe it. (sighs) If they book it right. All right. Well, all that hype, all those questions brings us to our 10th and final question. Now, this one is multiple choice. However, it is worth five points. So, Mike, you have a chance here to pull ahead of the pack and win first place in the game that was made based on you. (laughs) Question 10. On episode 129 of Keep the Kayfabe, at Crusher Fest 2023, we interviewed Marty Janetti. What was the name of the woman that he and the boys stayed with when they came to Milwaukee? Was it like? No, it's just a little bit. Sorry, you know why? No, it's fine. Hey, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. That's okay. That's okay. Hold on. Hold on. Just have to wait until all the I know answers have been suggested. This is going to be kind of a race here at the end, but we'll see how it goes. So. What was the hold name on, of the woman? Hold on, hold on, Matt. Hold on. Now, I think rules are always meant to be broken. <laughs> and seeing as this is the most difficult question, if it's kind of like if this were family feud and you hit the buzzer, you got to say something. And so, yeah, I think. I think it's only fair, Steve. That I don't he, know. That, are you saying that like Mike should be able to answer right Mike now? Mike has to answer. And if he doesn't answer right, then we actually get to hear all the questions, all the I'm answers. Go, I'm, I'm, I'm good with it. I, I'm, I'm good with it. Mike deserves it. Mike deserves at least he buzzed in right away, even though he didn't know what. There's no he's guarantee doing. he's going to get it right. There's no guarantee, but I th- I think if Family Feud rules were in play, whether <laughs> Steve Harvey, whether you like it or not, he's got to answer. Uh, okay, Mike, you know the rules here, but given that you're trailing by a little bit and this game is all about you, I'm going to let you off here. What What do you think the answer is? Oh, man, I'll never forget it. And I'm not going to botch this name, even though this whole game is all about me botching names. But I will always remember the genie in. No. Ew, the genie in? Mm. Well, thankfully... Just to, you know, the rest of these questions, you guys have kind of taken me at my word, right? And we do have all this recorded. But for the listeners out there, maybe you don't want to go back and listen to all this. So I've actually hunted down episode 129 where we interviewed Marty Gennetti. And I have the clip here. Let's take a quick listen and see what it is. Three times a year, we all, all of us that knew about it. And then we'd introduce the the newer guys from WWE. All right, you got to pay for dinner tonight. But the genie and... Oh, and there you have it, Mike, you are correct. It is the genie in, and that question was worth five points. You had one point, which means you're at six, which means, Mike, you have won. Name that name. Awesome. Just awesome. It was a great comeback. It was a great comeback. You couldn't have written it any better. Yeah, that that was actually a really, really funny game, Matt. It's kind of an honor to get roasted and it's mm-hmm. uh it's it's honestly been a pleasure so thank you for that and i mean you really did crush that interview with all those guys under the pressure and just going in there and and having a loose cannon like marty Janetti on there and wrangling that conversation whose episode just aired this last tuesday which was the finale of season three of dark side of the ring so We'll definitely cover that in the future because I I just thought you did an outstanding job, Matt. The master of games and the guy who literally crushed Crusher Fest for us. I appreciate it. And I want to thank you, too, for being a good sport, letting us do this game. It was a lot of fun. I hope you guys had a good time. That was awesome. Uh, Definitely. I mean, it really does make you feel these three things that you just have to keep going forward and doing Mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, life isn't perfect. 
and you're not going to get everything perfect all the time. But there's three things that you can try to do, and I think if you follow through with them, your day is going to be pretty good. Stay flaccid? No, no, that's not it. <laughs> what is it? No. It's these three things. You got to stay humble, oh. stay hungry, and stay hard. Oh, Triple H. Tero Mero. Woo! That's good booking. For one second, my name is kids do you like violence yeah, want to yeah, see me yeah. stick nine inch nails to each one of my eyelids uh-huh. want to copy me and do exactly like i did yeah, try yeah. sit and get fucked up worse than my life is uh-huh. my brain's dead weight i'm trying to get my head straight but i can't figure out which spice girl i want to impregnate uh, and dr dre said this is such good shit